Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 59 of the Bender Blend Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Bender. Episode 59, we're almost at 60. Can you believe it? Thanks for listening this long. If you're uh, just now tuning in, welcome. Uh, On this episode, I sit down with a local band here in San Luis Obispo, Four Day Beard. Um, Great dudes. We had a fun conversation about music. Managed to sneak in some dumb questions as always. Um, yeah, it was a really great time. I really enjoyed talking with these guys. Um, great perspective on uh, being musicians and music in general. Uh, thanks again, Joe, Robert, and Jacob. Um, you guys are awesome. If you live here in Slow, keep your eyes peeled for when they're playing a ne- their next live show. I'm not sure when that will be, but uh, go check them out. They're awesome. Um, and this song playing in the background is them. It's called Calm Black Water. It's from their new album that will be coming out, I think, in April, if I remember right. Um, Hopefully that's right, guys. Anyways, enjoy this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. I'm going to let this song play out. Uh, Thanks again, Four Day Beard, episode 59. Get into it. Welcome, boys. Thanks for joining me to the Bender Blend. Yeah, thanks, um, for, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, so for listeners, we'll go around the table just to say what's up. Hey, I'm... Oh, that's oh. so rude of me. Non-professional. <laughs> um, so, Joe, let's start with you. Just a little quick little brief intro. Howdy. What you do in the band, what you play, uh, what you don't play. <laughs> I play guitar and um, I sing. I write... Uh, Pretty much all the songs, yeah. I'll co-write some stuff. Okay. Starting to, starting to do more collaborative things. It's been sort of like a, I don't know. It's been a couple of different lineups since since starting things, and so I have these like songs accumulated that. Okay. Um, we've been playing, and then a new batch of songs. I feel like it's kind of getting a little bit more collaborative, which is awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's helpful. Collaboration, it's big, big for me. That's for sure. Um, and then Jake, your drums. I know and the drums. Yeah. You had sweet shades on at the la- at the show at Raconteur Room. <laughs> yes, and I, mean, I, I, get, I get the projector. Right I was gonna face. say, yeah. and I I yeah. saw why. I was like, he's not that guy. He's it's like yeah, the <laughs> projector is right in his face. Not not douche wear shades <laughs> while you're coming. Right? No, so. no, <laughs> and yeah. not that I thought that anyways. I was like, yeah. That is a good call. Um, we should maybe make a sign so people don't. <laughs> nah, don't think let them. They're gonna think whatever. They're, they're pretty cool shades, though. That's right. Yeah, they're my Top Gun aviator. <laughs> um, and then we got Robert, your bass, and then you opened, right? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay, you just kind of a solo, uh, just a man and guitar, which and a bass and a bass. That's right. Skinny daddy. Yeah. 
Um, and meant as a compliment. It reminded me a lot. Your sound, the sound was like, I was like, it's like Billy Bragg style. Well, I do love Billy Bragg, so. Okay, there's a little influence uh, there. Yeah, I really do like that. Nice. Cool. Well, um, let's get just a little more background. So you said, Joe, that you guys have been, that you've been writing a lot. Was it a solo project or you said some it's lineup sort of, changes? Yeah, it sort of started out as that. I was living in um, <clears throat> Tennessee. I guess it's been about eight years ago. Originally from Southern California, but. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I started writing stuff there and kind of collaborating with some friends remotely. Like I'd send some tracks off and then, you know, my buddy would send some guitar riffs over the top of it and um and then when i moved back here i didn't really know anyone yet and so i was still kind of collaborating with one of my friends in tennessee okay just putting drum tracks on stuff and yeah um and then i went through this uh, amazing period of uh, craigslist um oh boy my wife my wife likes to call it dating um and i met a a, a lot of uh, interesting folks <laughs> and um <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine the Craigslist ad for like, hey, I need a drummer, I need a bass player. Yeah, and and so it was just kind of a, a process of like meeting up with people and seeing if it works, and then, um, uh, yeah, and then you know it's always hard to get a band together, and mm-hmm. people's schedules are hard, and so there's been you know a little bit of turnover with people thinking they had time, and then they get too busy, or yeah. they thought they were interested, and then they just weren't, or whatever. And yeah. uh, until it's been about, well, I've been over I'm, a, I'm the noob of the band. So okay, I've been in a little over a year. Yeah, now and Robert's Robert's been a couple, of years, a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and um, but we were both those. Yeah, they're both, both Craigslist weirdos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you guys were the no, the good yeah. ones that came out of the yeah. the fray. Yeah, there there was actually quite a few good ones. Uh, but you know, there were so we're nothing special. <laughs> you guys are the best ones. I mean, you're still here. So. <laughs> yeah, that goes without saying, right? <laughs> For now. Um, but yeah, that was uh, kind of a long couple of years of just like really wanting to get yeah a group together and be able to play shows, and then um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Here we are. <laughs> right on. Since we started playing, though, it's been. I mean, pretty consistent. You know, yeah. we we took some time to work on the new songs, but yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, once shows. you joined, like, it felt like things kind of like clicked and like you got some momentum we had going. Some momentum mm-hmm. Yeah, the things were starting to work, and that's a good feeling, I'm sure. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. like playing live? Like, is that do you kind of get that little like buzz from that? Yeah, I always ask. I, I do. I, I do. Yeah, it's, it's. I do now. You do now. <laughs> yeah. You didn't used to. <laughs> I used to like. I still like. Kind of. I get super anxious. Oh really? Right before. Okay. Like, that's. I think that's some pretty normal. Fright, but it's getting. Yeah. It's getting better. Like the more shows that we play, the yeah. Yeah. It's like just, I, it's just stage time, really. You know. Yeah. The more you do it, and it's a but, whole new thing for me. Like I've always like I bass was my main instrument. Okay. I played bass since I was like a t- like. 12. <laughs> nice. You just answered one of my questions. Um, and so I was always, you know, kind of like off to the side or in the background a little bit. And um, yeah. there was a band that I kind of, we did, we did, we traded off vocals on a couple of songs, but mm-hmm. I was never like the front guy. And that's been an adjustment 
for me, and I think um, it's good. It's been yeah a good experience. But yeah. It's totally different than yeah. what I'm used to. Yeah, new growth. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And so yeah, so I feel like each each show I get a little bit more comfortable doing it, and yeah, um, I think more, it helps more and more fun. Yeah. yeah, I think it helps still having a just a solid lineup and a regular practice schedule. Yeah, um, you guys sounded. I mean, it, I didn't hear any, like, hiccup, like, the band that played before. They were fun, but it was like, yeah, they clearly had some some stuff. <laughs> but yeah. you guys were just, like, straight through, like, smooth and seemed seamless to me. Oh, so, yeah. Cool. That's what we, that's what we shoot for. Yeah. So, Hell yeah. Yeah, those guys, uh, Dark, Dark, Black, uh-huh. um, they had, like, three rehearsals before. Yeah. Because they had they some had a, issues, too. a last-minute bassist come in. Like, it was... Mm. It was kind of a mess, but I really like their music. Yeah, so, so I do too. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing them again. Like when once they have their kind of lineup solid and you know they're set. Solid. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. the I, the singer's voice. I was like, I was digging his sound. I was like, yeah, that's a cool. Sound. And again, it I was, and it's not meant to be as an audience. I think most audience members probably do this. They're like, what does that remind me of? What does it sound like? It's it's an like old timey. Yeah, so got a real yeah. old timey kind of voice. Yeah, like, I, that's the thing. What, I what did you think? It. What was your? I was I still can't play. I, I thought that you sounded a little bit like the Strokes. Okay, that may yeah that I can pick. I can hear that. Um, but yeah, it was one of those. And <clears throat> again, I was telling Joe before we started. I was like, listening to you guys play, and I was like, man, they, I'm hearing a sound. I was like, what does that remind me of? In a good way. I always I got to preface that it's not like. You know, oh, here's critical me. It's like, and I told him, I was like, War on Drugs popped in my head. Um, Good band. (laughs) Yeah, so like, and that was kind of where I like, my stepping off point, because somebody asked me, they're like, what's that, what do they sound like? Because that's always, I'm sure. It's hard. When people ask like, oh, you're in a band, what do you sound like? That that question probably is annoying. it's or not it's, annoying. It's it's mostly just kind of impossible to like compare because yeah. I feel like yeah. there's so many influences that are like yeah, subconscious think. even like mm-hmm. like I when I like set out to write a song I'm like I'm not like oh, I don't want to sound like yeah yeah this but it's like oh you know play a little guitar thing I'm like oh that kind of sounds like mm-hmm. you know whatever and then that might influence the direction that it goes either more towards that direction or further away from that direction depending right. on what it is but. I'm always interested in hearing like what people mm-hmm. hear in the songs, like because I think you know everyone has different references for what they like and what they've been exposed to, and yeah, um, totally, man. It's I never I never feel like it's like an insult or anything because I think people okay. just have their own things that they like and things that resonate with them, and you know some some people will hear like I'm trying to think what was like the weirdest. I've heard uh, Coldplay and I've heard Nirvana. <laughs> oh wow, that's a mix of polar opposite. Coldplay there. and Nirvana. I was like, ah, hmm. all right, I'll take uh, it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I've heard like Radiohead and Pink Floyd. Okay. Oh, no, maybe it was Radiohead. Yeah, Coldplay, yeah. Radiohead. Radiohead. Yeah. I can. I thought they were the same band. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're both British. That's Radiohead. That's about Radiohead. it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Jake, how long have you been playing drums? So, Joe, you mentioned you've been playing bass since you were a kid. How long have you been play, playing drums? Do you play other instruments before? Uh, no, I started late in life. Started when I was 22, so going on 25 years now. 
Okay. So, um, uh, yeah. What brought you to it? Was it, and I'll ask everybody, you know, we guys answer that all in, un, not in unison, but, you know, like what got you into music? Was it a specific band you heard or a tune you heard and you're like, man, I want to fucking play drums or I want to play guitar or bass? I always loved music growing up. I a pretty musical family, a lot of musicians. Okay. And uh, my dad rented me a drum set when I was 10, and I took two lessons, and I didn't like the lessons. So the drum set went back like the next month. And, yeah. But I always thought about it. And hmm. then, uh, <clears throat> I was at a buddy's house one time, and we were hanging out, and he was a drummer. And he was, he had to leave. My other friend was playing bass, so he just handed me the sticks. So I sat down, I was watching his hands and feet, and I sat down and started playing the beat he was playing. It wasn't anything super complex. Mm -hmm. And he runs back in, he goes, do you play? I go, no. He goes, you should. You picked that up pretty quick. Yeah, that's so awesome. I was You're a natural. Motivated. Went out and bought like a $300 kit and started beating the crap out of it, listening to my favorite punk albums, and yeah. found some dudes that barely knew how to play and put a little band together. Can you play three chords? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, ever since then, it was just like, yeah, you got, I do. you got sucked in. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What punk bands were you into? Uh, yeah, probably just the standard No Effects, mm -hmm. uh, Screech of Weasel, The Queers. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, who else? I mean that covers yeah, gutter, that gutter mouth stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, just okay. all the bands that would play at the Achievement House, the Vandals and stuff. Are you from Cali? Then you're from. Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was born in Southern California. Moved around and then moved to Paso when I was eleven. Okay. So I've been in the area pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Nice man, Robert. What about you, man? What? Um, bass guitar. I didn't start playing bass again. It's like Jay till I think I was twenty-two. Also. Okay. Uh, I play guitar. I mean, I had a guitar when I was like 15, and I just tried to play it, and never. It was never very good. Hmm. Played in like a couple of like high school garage bands, guitar, but not very good. And then uh, right after I graduated from college, a, a friend of mine from college wanted to start a band. Moved back to his hometown in uh, Evansville, Indiana, and he wanted to kind of restart his his old band. And uh, he was the bass player originally, and he's like, you want to play guitar? So he's like, hey, here's this great old bass I have. You you play bass. And so um, I moved there for about a year, and we had a little band. That's how I kind of learned how to play bass. And then I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, so like next year I moved back to St. Louis, and I got another band called the Tree Weasels, which was <laughs> uh, it was a good it was like we were right in the same band scene with Uncle Tupelo. It was like we were playing the same bars and the same shows and everything with them. And um, so, yeah, it was a good couple of years with the Tree Weasels. And they actually just put out a new record without me. Oh, damn, they those kind bastards. of regrouped. I did contribute <laughs> one bass track to one of them. So oh, okay. they're still like keeping me in the yeah in the loop. That's pretty cool, um, man. Cool. You tell me you're busy. Yeah, ready for a big tour. Yeah, yeah. in another band. <laughs> Sorry. And then uh, after the Tree Weasels split up, I played another band for a little, got another couple of years in St. Louis, and then I moved uh, to San Francisco in the mid-90s. Okay. 
and hung around there for a few years. And then I came down to the Central Coast uh, in the late 90s and didn't play much music, really. I had a little band for about 10 years ago for a little while. But um, yeah, that was about it until I just kind of really wanted to get back into it. And That's nice, man. Here we are. Look, started looking for Craigslist. Found the right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you found the right fit then. <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting to, like, hear, you know, I think that goes with a lot of creative people and musicians and artists. They're always like, like sometimes you fall in and out of it, and it's mm-hmm. like it's always kind of waiting for that right fit. Or and I always give myself time. Like I, if I'm like I don't know if you guys like to push or like if you're not feeling creative about writing a song or like practicing. But it seems like especially now that you guys are playing more shows, it's like that commitment helps. You know, like I I do an art night and then on weekends I try and meet up with friends and just draw and shit and it's like just having that like hey it'd be pretty cool if you showed up and it's for me it's easier to create around other people that are doing the same thing Mm. kind of feed off that energy even especially if I'm not feeling it you know when you're like I don't really want to fucking do it and I'm sure there's days where it's like that but I feel like especially being in a band it's probably important to just have that communication of like Hey, I'm not into it, but like, can you ever like jar out of it? And yeah, I think it's good to get together. That sounds like every rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah it's, it's kind of like sometimes until you start, you know, beating the drum. I mean, or... for me creatively, like, it's much easier for me to write on my own, and like, I think that's kind of it's been my process. Just I think maybe because of how I started writing stuff, I was like, hmm. I had this um, pretty bad breakup, and I was like super depressed and I just perfect know, yeah that, perfect songwriting <laughs> chem- songs chemistry songs. right there right it's like, yeah yeah and so uh I don't know I feel like I'm like I at least for like writing lyrics it was really hard for me generally but that's when I'm I feel like I'm able to be introspective enough to to mm. kind of do it um I think as I've done it more it's less so you know like I, I feel like I might be approaching being able to collaborate on like lyrics or something, but like okay. music's easy for me to like kind of collaborate on, like you know, pick up parts and yeah. So the lyric on. part is is more personal, so that's like sharing, like yeah. And I've been in bands before where like you know people want to get together for like lyric writing sessions, and it's just horrible. It's just the worst. <laughs> Everyone's ideas are bad, and then you're just kind of like. <laughs> That sounds really stupid, but you can't say that because you know they're your friends and you yeah, want to still be in a band with them. And <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that that's probably healthy though to just like, especially if you guys want, if you want to. I, I feel like that's probably a good way. <clears throat> excuse me to find out like who really means it. It's like you know if you're taking it seriously, it's like yeah, like you should take some critic and then yeah. be able to like, take that criticism and be like, all right, well uh, we'll do better. Then, yeah, it's right? always the like the lyric writing sessions where people are clearly just throwing out words that rhyme or things they sound clever <laughs> that kind of rhymes and this that'd like, be something okay. I do. <laughs> so I, I don't those. think so. I don't know. <laughs> things they've heard in other songs. Dude. Yeah, um, that's what I do. Oh yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, I mean that just happens. I think. Yeah. subconsciously even but mm-hmm. a little bit I find myself when I'm writing lyrics sometimes like there'll be a line that like pops in that's like oh wait that's not a full line from whatever song but it's it's like a phrase or a saying or something and mm-hmm. sometimes I'll leave it in and kind of as like a nod to 
whatever that is that influenced it or sometimes I'll just totally rewrite it and do something else yeah well I mean I'm, I'm not a writer but I there's definitely phrases or word and I like to do just a word exercise of like pick my favorite word of the day and a lot of them are always like IOUS ones like lascivious or you know indigenous you know something like that about that is like and I we did one podcast episode where I asked everybody what their favorite word was and it's interesting to hear everybody is like a lot of them were those IOUSs Hmm. Um, and I'm I think it's I was just listening to one uh, podcast about originality. I think it was a TED radio hour. And <laughs> they were like, well, nothing's original. And they played a Bob Dylan song. And then they played this old Spanish song that was like 30 years before his time. And they're like, yeah. even yeah, Bob was, Dylan stole shit. Yeah, he was, <laughs> and he's like, pretty, it's pretty well known that he would literally take a song and like just rewrite the, the words. and Right. Be same thing. melody yeah. but and I mean in, in the world of music and that's that goes with any creative outlet like my little skull drawings like I'm definitely influenced it's it's the there's the, only so many ways you can configure right words and sounds and yeah, yeah. There's music there's only so many chords and yeah right you can nothing new under the sun basically. yeah I mean really. unless you're uh, and I'm sure there's somebody out there that's put a chainsaw on a symbol and be like that nobody's done this what's that like yeah or like tom waits would like yeah the story will put like a couple of stereos or radios all on at the same time and change the stations on each Ooh. one until he starts to hear things colliding and that's kind of cool that way yeah tom waits is one of those he might be i mean he's one of my favorites oh he's awesome yeah um, for sure i remember when i first heard him my brother thaddeus showed me and he was like check this shit out and I didn't know what to think because he showed me it was one it was off uh, Rain Dog or Rain Dogs mm-hmm. and it wasn't quite a it was like there was a melody like he was plucking something and then he was just telling this little story about a little man that lives in somebody's hat and I was just like this is <laughs> fucking creepy and awesome like what is going on yeah. and I was like he was like dude this guy's and, and then I maybe I imagined it I'm pretty sure I didn't but I remember seeing a Roy Orbison special where he's playing live and they kind of pan across his band, the people playing with him. And maybe it was on purpose, but like it, I was at the time I didn't, I, I remember watching it and it was somebody was showing me, they were like, check this shit out. And it was Roy Orbison playing and they pan across and see Bruce Springsteen, like young Bruce Springsteen playing guitar. Hmm. And then they see Tom Waits, you see Tom Waits in there and it's just like, hmm. They got them all and see it like wow hmm. i was kind of blown away but um do you remember the first time you ever saw what tom waits looks like yeah right after hearing it? yeah the I outsiders like, yeah yeah because yeah. i remember he was the yeah, door buck, dude at he was that. Uh, buck merrill yeah. yeah and i was like holy i shit. just remember hearing uh <laughs> the bone machine album mm. and i'm like <laughs> whoa and like totally fell in love with that record and then yeah i hadn't i didn't see what he looked like for probably like a year or so later and then i saw i think it was uh dracula no it was Renfield. like it was a music video it was, okay it was the the one that he did that was like in an old-timey theater it was like a musical thing um but yeah i remember just seeing his face i was like wait that sound comes out of that yeah, guy right <laughs> yeah. did you ever see rumblefish 
Oh man, <clears throat> it's been a long time, but yeah, that's right. He's the bartender. Yeah, you're right. He was in uh, <laughs> Paradise Alley, that old Sylvester Stallone movie. Oh my god! And he played a, the piano player in the bar, of course, named Mumbles. Okay, and, uh, man, I'm gonna have talks, to watch. Talks these. the same way. <laughs> I heard the Tom Waits <laughs> anthology when I was like a junior in high school. A buddy of mine gave it to me. It's on cassette, and I went home. I I was into heavy metal and shit, so mm-hmm. I listened to that, and I was like. I yeah. like this. I shouldn't. Yeah. This is yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I to do it all weekend. Yeah. That's an eclectic. Well, that's, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I, my, I found my heart and soul in, in heavy metal. Like, I remember the first, and this will go, I'll, I'll say what I, my, my first CD I bought, because I'm, I'm a little younger, I think, but I remember that I had the access to that, that's a, Backhanded. I was. Like, I didn't mean how that to sound. Oh but. no, world. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did he just call us old? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, that was shitty. Sorry. No, no, no. But I was like, I was just. The, I guess for. I don't. Yeah, I'm now. I'm just. Now I feel old. Backpedaling and dig, I'm digging myself deeper in. But the first CD I bought was Pantera, um, 101 Proof Live, and then somebody, and then my brother was like cowboys from hell and then they showed and then my brother showed me metallica and then they showed me no effect so it was like but first i remember that first like lick i was just like yep heavy metal this is where it's at and i'm i'm still that way but i also as i you know opened my mind to like more music it's just like that you know and i'm the same like i remember being ashamed to tell my metal friends that I liked <laughs> some pop shit and they're like oh. you know I could never say that to them but it's I, like, remember, I remember yeah. just distinctly remember taking my Smith's cassette out of, oh, out of my, my <laughs> tape deck going to my punk rock friend's house <laughs> and like finding some punk rock cassette to put in there. Oh, I don't listen to the Smiths of the Cure you know yeah no 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 no, no it's too soft yeah no, like why would you it's silly now. I like I use the Jack Black term. He calls that his cheese whiz. It's like, yeah, you should probably, sh-, you know, it's not good for you in the scene, but it's but you like it. And we always and so for you guys, like, do you, what was your first record or CD or tape that you bought that you're like that was like you sought it out. You're like, I want this. Do you remember or is it? I remember. I was like you went out of your way to get. I, Ten, I remember. Go ahead. Uh, ten years old, and I got minute work business as usual. Nice. So, you nice. remember you get to like however many for a penny. Yeah. And my pops was ordering that, and I was like, "Oh, I like that land down under song." But then I had an older brother who had already shown me Iron Maiden. Okay. And Metallica, but I would secretly like that in the middle. Hey, Colin Hayes, a he's a fucking great songwriter. Oh yeah. And he's yeah. funny. Yeah. I remember like. Especially as a kid, I loved men at work. Yeah. I was like, I remember like I had my little Walkman and like all kinds of cassettes and had men at work and Adamant and... Oh, yeah. The Police, um, all that stuff. But I I remember like when my dad got like the family's like first CD player, like we all went out as a family and like got to pick out like a CD each. And I, I remember it was uh, John Lennon Imagine, which I think mm-hmm. I still feel is a pretty good, pretty solid choice for your first CD. Yeah. 
eight year old. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. Or maybe maybe I, maybe I was like ten. But yeah. It's good taste at that age. But yeah, my dad had a, a pretty great record collection growing up. Um, Organic sounds here. <laughs> there you go. People are used to it. They listen. Robert's thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> Robert uses <this> man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I grew up with just listening to all kinds of music. My dad had okay. just a great collection of like sixties and seventies rock, like psychedelic stuff, like Hendrix and the Doors and the Beatles and uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so you grew up that, in a household that enjoyed their music yeah and, for sure and, and a then, wide variety and then my older brother um when he i think he's like uh, he's a teenager he started working at a record store like a local record store and so he always got oh, like, bonus. all the good yeah. stuff and he i think he probably shaped my taste in music quite a bit yeah um, yeah siblings do that I, and i'm the youngest so my older brothers were like were always just uh, i remember tim my oldest brother he was like he showed me tool when i was probably like 13 and I was like oh fuck like Pantera and Tool and then I started listening to electronic shit under the radar because I how dare I listen to Pantera <laughs> and Daft Punk at the same time <laughs> uh, what about you Robert what was your um, what got you well I have a lot of older brothers and sisters I'm the youngest also so I had a lot of hand-me-down Beatles and Stones and the Doors and mm -hmm. Had a pretty good like basis, yeah, a record collection to begin with. I remember, I do remember again, like you, it was a John Lennon, but it was a 45 of the first single for off of Double Fantasy album, which I got like. I remember buying it, and then I came home that night. I remember being at the mall with my mom and bought that and came home, and it was the night that he was killed. Oh, the John Lennon was killed, mm. and that was one of the, I remember the one the wow. first. Like mm. 45 I ever bought, but it was really like uh, Springsteen. I was a huge fan of Springsteen, like in high yeah. school. That's what really like drove me to want to play guitar and like get a Telecaster and all that stuff. But like, I soon kind of uh, discovered like that sort of 80s REM mm -hmm. and Smiths and um, the Pogues I loved and Billy Bragg. Wow, the Pogues are great. Billy yeah. Bragg, like you mentioned. So that was those were definitely my early influences. Yeah, it's always you know, it's always fun to remember and especially when and mute that's the beauty of music, when you hear songs that you kinda like and it can transport you immediately back to a memory like you you remember exactly where you were, mm -hmm. what you were doing, yeah. or who you were with or who showed you that song. And I remember, you know, it's funny um i work with a young kid and i was talking about my friends bringing cds over and he's like i'll never know what that's like i'm like yeah you fucking missed out man like it's all digital now i get it but he was like man that sounds cool i'm like it was cool like friends would bring their you could still do it you could exactly i was like i have a whole booklet man what do you want yeah. so now records are making a comeback I, they are a big time we got another record player who's about five four or five years ago yeah, and uh, we hooked it up, and my, my wife had a huge, or still has a huge record collection. That's and, awesome. Uh, with my daughter, and okay, she was like ten or eleven. Yeah, and so I fire it up, and she's just amazed by the arm moving. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Work, Dad. I'm like, you have an iPhone in your pocket. Like, this, yeah. this is like caveman stuff. <laughs> she was fascinated. By it. That's awesome. Uh, I've oh, been yeah. uh, collecting 
records again, like again, like for the like the past five or six years. Um, it's been kind of a nice thing. Inherited some of my dad's old collection. He yeah. decided he wanted to get rid of some stuff, and I was like, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, I'm one of the... nice. I, I like I like the physical, mm-hmm. tangible like. Yeah. This is a thing, and it's it makes like me books still. Yeah, and it makes me like want to sit down and listen to this entire record mm-hmm. like I'm going to put this record mm-hmm. on and like I'm going to hear the whole record right and that's a different experience than just like putting it on shuffle and like yeah. hearing a bunch of random stuff and yeah. which is amazing I mean it is don't get me wrong but, but <laughs> no I'm with you man it's yeah. and I'm I'm in that weird general I guess I'm technically a millennial I'm right on that cusp but it's like I remember when there was no internet I still remember that mm-hmm. and then it happened really quick but I remember when it was, yeah, bring your CDs. In. And I <laughs> the first tape we ever owned as brothers, I think collectively we told our mom that we wanted MC Hammer. <laughs> and we got it. <laughs> and that was like our first tape. But I remember that like feeling of just like exciting going to the store and like, oh, dude, I got that CD. And I'm still, I still have, I have a couple of CDs from high school and I, they're not in good shape, but yeah. they play like the, three songs. In. I still have the big like binder. Yeah, yeah, with, like, me the too. Sleeves in it with yeah, like it's like five. Yeah. Was it like six or eight? Yeah, yeah. sheet uh, or whatever. Yeah, I still, I still like to thumb through it. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about this record. I used to listen to nonstop when mm-hmm. I was 16. Like. <laughs> yeah, or all the CD or the mix CDs that you made for yourself. I still never threw any of my CDs away. Yeah, why would you? I mean, they're not in very good shape. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't even have a CD player anymore, but I still have. Oh. I, actually, no, not in the car. Yeah, one of the cars we got had a CD player still, but um, yeah, I don't have one at home. I'd like to get one, I think, just to listen to those old ones from back in the day. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, what if I want to? Ha-? And I, I was like, I don't have a way to listen other than my car. I don't have a way to listen to my CDs, and that kind of like weirded me out. I was like. Oh, fuck. I've totally found myself like, like looking through and being like, oh, yeah, this album, and then going to Spotify and like streaming it on Spotify. It's kind of not the same thing. But... Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're definitely spoiled with the digital world. Yeah. You know, and it again, it's that it's awesome, but it also is, like you said, Jake, the, the record comeback is, and especially like a certain age group, like gloms onto that. They're like, uh, you know, the hipsters or whatever and it's like yeah no it's it was cool regardless it's it's cool no matter what like take the label off it it's just like joe like you were saying like you're kind of forced to listen to the not forced to but like you're putting that record on like it's gonna take work to change you can't just skip through songs so it's yeah. it's an exper- different experience and Oh yeah, I think that's. That's like when they mom. played uh, that Metallica record before we played the other night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Kill 'Em All. Man, I walked in. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like it's a really long song. <laughs> 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 no, I remember just putting putting records on as a kid. You just put on the side and yeah, just go to town. Do yeah. whatever you're doing. And just, it's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah, listening to 45s is kind of a pain in the ass. It's like yeah. a song on each side. And it's like okay, I gotta get up every three minutes and. Yeah, it, you you got to be dedicated to that. Some people are totally into forty fives. It's kind of a different experience. I'm waiting for eight track to come back. Yeah, it might, man. You never know. Like <laughs> technology. So like, I've seen I've seen like there's like companies that do like um, like 
CD duplication, like cassettes, was like kind of a thing for a while. And mm-hmm. I've seen they're doing, they're totally doing eight tracks again. Oh, are they? I don't know anybody who has an eight track player, but it's like a My mom had one as a kid. It's, a, it's a novel idea, you know. Yeah. Zeppelin one and two on eight tracks. Pretty sweet. Hell yeah. <laughs> My parents bought this van when I was a kid, and it came with an eight track player and like five or six tapes and like one of them was boxcar willy and it was like my favorite my favorite one the boxcar <laughs> willy is kind of like i don't think so it sounds familiar kind of like this like country guy but it was kind of like um kind of campy like he's a hobo and like okay um, <laughs> sounds awesome <laughs> sounds Song awesome about riding the anyway, rail. go look go look up boxcar okay Willie. i'm gonna write that yeah i'll write that down <laughs> <laughs> um matter if i have another beer no yeah go for it man they're right in the fridge um well, speaking of technology, I I saw like on some of your posts, Joe, like uh, you got a new, you got this weird toy. What was that thing? Like which one? The frequency. It was like oh, the, yeah, the, the human resistance. Yeah, um, what? Well, it's like almost like a theremin on steroids. It sounds or like something. a theremin, yeah. and I'm not exactly sure how it like technically works, but it's got <laughs> it's a battery awesome. in it's it. It's magic, definitely. And it's got two metal contacts, and so. You, your body connects the circuit to make the sound. So you touch one mm. one of the contacts with like one hand, and then the other contact with the other hand, depending on how much like resistance. Like if you press harder onto it, like mm-hmm. it changes the resistance of the the circuit, and so it changes the frequency, and it's totally weird. And it's really cool. What what is this <laughs> thing called? Because I it's saw called, it, and I was it, like, I kind of want it. Um, Human resistance synthesizer, I think. Okay. That's what it's called. And I, I, that's the thing you're messing with the other day. Yeah. Um, and I got it on reverb.com. I can send you a link to it. Okay. That's awesome. And it comes with like these cables you can plug into it and like connect to other things. Mm. Um, but it seems to be like if you connect the two things together directly, there's no sound. So I don't. Totally understand. Maybe there's not enough resistance mm. for it to like. Sounds like do whatever it does. I don't know. Just Sounds don't awesome. touch me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did a little demo where I was like, <laughs> like Robert, come here. <laughs> so I, I'm like, here, put your hand on here, and I did the other one, and then I grabbed his arm, and I was like squeezing his arm. He's just looking at me like, I hate this. <laughs> look, look, man. I I know we play in a band together. Do not but... touch me. <laughs> I mean, do you guys? <clears throat> As far as like, so you you sent me your, a link for your new album. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, the new album is done. It's currently being t- mastered as we speak. Okay. Um, Tell the people listening where they can find it and buy it. Um, so we're gonna do some single releases before we release the full full okay. album. Um, but it'll be everywhere, and we're gonna have we're gonna press some vinyl. So Sweet. vinyl at the shows. That's awesome. But you know, like Spotify and okay. iTunes and Bandcamp and awesome everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. good man. Yeah, we're we gonna do CDs or not? Uh, yeah, we're gonna do some CDs too. Hell yeah! Mostly just to kind of send out to like places like I don't know, radio stations and yeah, might as podcasts well podcasts and um, yeah. blogs and stuff. It's good. Yeah, that it, it's hard, and I don't know if you guys if you struggle with this, but like the self promotion. It's kind of hard. Yeah, it's you, very hard. You know, <laughs> you, you guys all there. seem very pretty humble, yet, I mean, you're all very talented, so it's 
it's that find that balance of like I need we need to get ourselves out there, but also like not be, you know, annoying assholes about <laughs> it. Yeah. And you yeah. know, there's yeah. there's definitely bands that I've met that where you're just like that's cool, and you're doing you're doing well, but like let's tone it down. Like you're don't forget, not yeah. even a don't forget where you came from, but just kind of like, you know, I think you'll go further if you're nice. If you're a little nicer to people, like yeah, people might people get oversaturated too. Like there's yeah. there's so much competition for attention anyway. But then if you're like if they aren't interested in you, and then all of a sudden they're just like you're just yelling at them the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. hey, go do this, go go, <laughs> go buy this, go buy this, go buy this. It's kind of like right. Okay, I get it, I get it. You have a band. So I used to keep telling these guys, if you guys <laughs> stop being such jerks, yeah, you might get somewhere. Everybody <laughs> says we're jerks. That's kind of our thing. Is we're jerks. <laughs> Nobody says that. About no. that. I was <laughs> gonna say I, I, I'm not getting that, Joe. Sorry, I'm not buying it. Um, We're on our best behavior for the podcast. Uh, you're allowed to cut loose. Like you're only two beers in. There's... I don't know. My mom's listening. I'm assuming. What's your mom's name? Donna. Donna. Shout out to Donna. Hi, mom. Um, yeah, so we'll definitely. I mean, we'll put it out there on okay. social media and stuff. But. Yeah. It's hard. I promoting this podcast is hard, but it's also beneficial for everybody involved. And my goal is to like keep building the network of cool people that I meet and bands, and it's just like spread the word. Like mm-hmm. people are always. I've had a few people ask, like, "Well, what's your? What do you get out of it?" I'm like, I get to hang out and talk about cool shit with cool people. Like, yeah, I'm not getting paid for this, and I don't. If that ever happens, cool. But if not, cool. Like it's it's the intrinsic value of just like connection of creativity. You know, totally. that sounds a little like woo woo-y, but I'm a no, little woo wooey these yes. days, you yeah. know, like I think, I mean, being open minded. Right? So Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. We all got a little woo to this. We're all sensitive people. <laughs> yeah, right? Sensitive little flowers. Um well, speaking of sensitive, no, I'm just kidding. Oh yeah, but so the, the we're hoping to have the record. Um, so the vinyl production takes a little bit of time. So Where do you get that? Is it somewhere local? That pre- no, um, there's a company out of Portland that okay. they kind of they do uh, they do. I think they do the pressing in Europe and the printing in Asia somewhere, and mm-hmm. then they assemble it in Portland and. Like ship uh, it out to they you. Ship it out, yeah. Okay. They do all the packaging and stuff. Um, so and uh, April. Yeah, so we're so we're we booked a show. We're playing record store day at Boo Records. Um, when is that, that? It's April eighteenth, I think. Okay, I'm gonna write that down so I can put it on the. And uh, so they have bands play all day, and so I, I asked them about playing that day because it would just be cool. And then I was thinking, well, shit. That's about maybe how long it might take to get the vinyl done. So if we could have the vinyl done for that show, it'd be really cool. Oh, that'd cool. be sweet, yeah. Um, I think we're right on the edge of that maybe not being possible. Hmm. <laughs> um, well, not. We could have a I think record if, release party somewhere else. If we can get the mastering wrapped up this week, I think we'll probably still be in good shape. Do you guys do mastering? Where do you take? Uh, do you no, have a um, place? or? Yeah, uh, um because I know that's kind of a big deal is having that space to do that and yeah. have someone professionally so do it. Like it's, we recorded you know. um, about half of the songs uh, at my friend John Bartell's like home studio. Um, he's in the Creston line. 
and he's a really cool dude. And he has worked a lot with um, Kirk McLean, who uh, is a local guy also, who mm. um, has worked in uh, studios down in LA for like 30 years, and um, he does mixing and mastering, and so he's he's doing the mastering for us. That's awesome. Yeah, that feels good, I'm sure, to have someone that's experienced and like, you know you're gonna get the best sound yeah, out of it. he's a really, really great guy. Like, yeah, um, easy to work with. Yeah, there amazing. you go. Like, be nice, and you're yeah. gonna go far. <laughs> yeah, he's he's super knowledgeable, super friendly, and just interested in making music happen. You know. Yeah. And so yeah. Do you guys have any more soon shows coming up, or like in town around Slow? Because playing. Um, February fifteenth. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> slow. Here and slow. Here and slow. The the venue is still to be determined, but it's an okay. anti Valentine's Day <laughs> sort of Perfect. artist because that's musician. Saturday, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's the day after Valentine's Day, but it's gotcha. going to be like a bunch of artwork artists and I okay. guess, taxidermy and oh really um, drag <laughs> show and all right. Awesome. Wait, like, wait, no one said anything about the taxidermy. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Stuffed animals. Is it vegan taxidermy? It is vegan taxidermy. Okay. Are you vegan, Robert? No. Okay. <laughs> what is vegan taxidermy? Exactly. I don't is know. Like, How would you even do uh, that? Embalm celery? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. God. That's a great... There's, there's your side project, Jacob. Your punk band, is, your new punk band is embalmed celery. Ah. Or a metal band, like just tell, have to tell the guys. Just <laughs> I have another side project yeah. that has no name. It's so. just sludge metal. Just <laughs> power slop. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And so, speaking. And then of, we might also play it. Um, I just was um, texting with February. the Wreck into a Room again about okay. playing uh, March seventh. Okay. Good. Okay. Which yeah. is a Saturday. And that's a great venue. Um, yeah, that was my fun, first time yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun it's place. Really great. Yeah, I dug it. I because t- the owners, both of them, were working the bar, um, and I was like, "You guys got a good thing going here." Hey, hey, bar owners in uh, Slow, San Luis Obispo proper. Um, yeah, it's great to have a place. Have an alternative room, maybe. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and like so a place that's, that's like, like they want like original music there. Yeah. And they have a stage and really that's decent hard to sound find. system. And yeah, it seems like it's it's focused around music. I mean, it's music themed, obviously. Like mm-hmm. all the decor you see is yeah, like yeah. records and posters and, and they play vinyl records. and Yeah. Cool no, it's a great, great little venue. They um, have hams beer. They do, they do yeah. Beer. Hams in, in a can. Yeah, that's <laughs> bonus. Right when I walked in, I was like, <laughs> hams in a can? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, do you guys have? Do you guys have any visions of adding different instruments? I I saw a post that you pulled out your old cello. Yeah. So is so that I started on cello when I was like ten? Okay. And then I switched to the bass, like in junior high, and so this cello's been sort of just neglected since then. And mm. The neck's been broken twice, and um, <laughs> mo- most recently, uh, form- heavy metal former cello. guitar player in the band uh, was house sitting for us while we were gone, and like he got into it with the dog, like roughhousing, and Uh-oh. broke the cello again. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so I just got it fixed. Um, uh, Steve Bravante from uh, Steve's Guitar Shop um, fixed it, did an awesome job. And uh, but yeah, I was I'm always kind of like 
interested in finding new sounds to put into stuff and exploring. I mean, you got that and... that synth thing and yeah. And a friend of mine just gave like oh, over the, the holidays yeah, gave me this organ. pump organ where it's like that thing's cool. It's a like, pump organ. It's a portable Whoa. pump organ. You make pirate songs and it sounds a <laughs> bit sounds like awesome. like an accordion, but okay. it's like the, it's like foot pedal. Like power the, oh, the, the bellows oh, go up and down. Oh, very cool. And it's t- but it's tiny. It's like it was made in the 60s 50s or 60s and it was like originally for like um like churches that didn't have a lot of money or like okay some of those churches that kind of roam around and convert people but um uh, revival tent yeah and so um he'd had this thing for a long time and um he was telling me about it and he wasn't using it he's like can have it like awesome dude that's rad the cool violin part on one of our new songs oh, that's true. coming out. Yeah. Um, Who played the violin? So, one of you guys? No. Um, no. So I somehow became fan friends with uh, Jolie Holland, who is uh, an amazing singer, songwriter um, that I've been a fan of for a very long time. And um, I uh, I went to this like songwriting workshop that she did in Guadalupe, of all places. Wow. Wow. Um, Damn. And it was amazing, and we, I feel like we, like, kind of, it was just this intense weekend of, like, sitting around a table, mm-hmm. drinking, talking about our favorite songs, yeah, playing our favorite songs for each other. It was, like, me, her, and another guy, and um, it was really cool. And so, somehow, I convinced her to come and play, play on the record. violin on one of the songs, and she does, like, um, this amazing vocal part on the bridge, um, and... That's awesome. Yeah, man. it's amazing. I was like, I can't believe this is happening right now. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, she's so she's totally awesome. Um, and that song is uh, called "Calm Black Water." Calm, black, calm black, black Water. I think it's okay. gonna be the last song on the album. It is. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And then John sings on one of them. Yep, and oh, John Bartels. John Bartel sings on. So the guy mastering your album is. Uh, on he, recorded album. he recorded it. He recorded. Okay. Yeah. Nice. He does the some of the chorus on uh, "Let It Go." Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Sounds like you guys aligned yourself with good people in the music biz. Like. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Is this? I mean, it's probably too early to ask. Maybe, but it's just like you guys have. I know, like getting the record done is probably priority and then it's like shows but are you already like thinking about new songs or where does um, it go from like do you have a i think uh you know get the record done play some shows mm-hmm. um and write stuff along the way yeah um it takes me a really long time to write stuff so i think i just i feel like i always want to be like i've got like five songs right now that are like partially written okay um so you always kind of have to finish them in another couple years <laughs> some irons yeah. in the fire then but i don't know i think with this lineup things seem to be moving a little bit faster with the writing like um one, really? one of the newer songs uh it's called living in a daydream that one was super fast like i like yeah i came up with this little guitar thing on my own and i was like i want to make a song out of this and so we just started playing it and then i kind of started mumbling words and those kind of came it, it was like, <laughs> that, yeah, sounds yeah, like that one felt like a very nice totally organic like faster ones songwriting that, right yeah. there. it was yeah. pretty cool yeah. and it's like, I think maybe because it's one of the newest ones it's like probably one of my favorites right now nice. I always feel like the newer the newest one's like the favorite one but 
That's probably a good thing, though. Keep it, keep that like chasing that little. It's, it's your own little carrot in front of the horse. Just yeah. like, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Do you guys yeah, feel always... the same way? Like, do you guys feel that like that bug to like you got a record coming out? It's like that to me. I'm like that. That's an awesome accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. You know, it's that momentum. It's again the whole momentum thing. It's like, okay, now the record's done, and. I don't know if you guys feel pressure to do more, but it's like, as people hear you, <clears throat> that pressure might come a little more of just like, hey, you guys should play more. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> like, when I cool. listen to it, and you know, I played it for like my brother and you know, uh, my wife and stuff. And, but I'm super excited about it. Like, I, I think it's really good. But then again. Biased because I'm banned. Well, yeah, but but you're allowed to be. I mean, it'd be weird if you said I don't really like the music we're playing, you know, oh, yeah. or it, not yeah. weird, but it'd be like, well, that's yeah. probably we're just not really like believe in it. Does, I think. But yeah, well, Robert doesn't like anything. That's true, <laughs> except dogs. Robert doesn't like it. I don't. <laughs> I do Kitty like dogs. We gotta get. We gotta dive deep on that, Robert. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm excited for for people to hear it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they really dig it. Yeah, and I think for me, playing shows is like, um, you know, as much stage fright as I as I get, it's like I know no one's gonna hear the songs unless we play them out for people. Sure. Mostly, you know, like we can put them on Spotify, but if you're not promoting it and no mm-hmm. one sees you live, it's hard to get people to. Yeah, that live performance is, is crucial, man. I, and as an audience member, it's I've you can sound one way on a record and then I go see a band live and it's like there's a sometimes there's a big gap there and it's yeah. it can be disheartening kind of, they're kind of like totally two totally different things really like mm-hmm. making a record is so artificial and like yeah unless you're, you're scheduled you're doing live recordings yeah um, that's kind of what we did though we, we kind of did they're I think they're they're just a little polished you know I think I, I think we mostly sound like the record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty close, I, I think. Um, I listened to a few songs today, like just the stuff that you sent me, the sneak peek, and I was like, yeah, that's what I heard live. Like it, it was, like I said, it was seamless. It didn't seem... Yeah, just for me, me, it's like when, we're, when we get, get into the recording, like I always hear like maybe another part that I want to add oh, just another yeah. layer you know? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. so there is some of that on the record but um, yeah, I don't think we went too crazy yeah we even talked about that because there's some bands that would, and we're a three piece so it's kind of hard to yeah. keep adding right. and then well it's not hard to keep adding but to pull it off live yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was definitely a conscious like thing to keep it keep the recording pretty representative of what it's going to sound like live yeah, um, but there are some parts that are like texture stuff that um, uh, I'm I'm trying to I'm still kind of working out the logistics of the foot pedal scenario, but like mm-hmm. playing samples of those parts. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, try to keep those like um, non-essential parts. Like if something happens and I I fuck up the sequence and it doesn't happen, like it's, the song's not gonna sound like shit, you know? Right, right. You're not gonna. <laughs> Only, well, and I'm sure, I think this is the case for a lot of bands. They're like, man, I fucked that part up. And everybody in the audience is like, huh? Yeah. You did? It's like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe it didn't sound that as bad. Because mm-hmm. we're, 
you know, our own worst critic yeah. always. But I think there is also something that happens like when you're watching live music, like even if things are slightly like off, like your brain kind of wants to put it together and make sure it, um, less of a train wreck than it yeah. might have been. <laughs> and everybody's yeah. expectations are different. You know, it's I I've been to enough big festivals and big shows where it's like, okay, I got that. I, I like the small venue, small show where I can actually see the band like enjoying the music or not mm-hmm. some bands are you're like eh, you look stressed out and other bands are like yeah you're fucking in it you're in the money like you realize like you hit <laughs> yeah you're having fun you're playing yeah. live music for uh, people that's that's the moment that like like i feel like you know i experienced that when we're not playing in front of people like i get into the, the song and i'm like yeah mm-hmm. that was cool um I think on stage sometimes I'm too anxious to enjoy that, but I think I, I feel like I'm like slowly getting closer to that. You know, you, know, you can always yeah, do what Maynard James Keenan does and just hide behind the drum set, and like <laughs> crawl around, and put face paint on. I think Morrison from the Doors like wouldn't even face the crowd for yeah. There you a go. Long time he would just turn his back. <laughs> he Not needed about nine beers to feel comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to wake up a little. A small window before he starts throwing up. Like, oh. <laughs> I see you moving around a little more on stage. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm I getting try to smile at you during the songs. Yeah. Well, and that's it. I mean, it's, it's all about like. I mean, it, I mean, it, just having the parts down solid, like just having them yeah. rehearsed, like just does a lot for that, like anxiety. Like, all this stuff going on i got to keep track of all this stuff and personally i have this tendency to like make things even more complicated like with the video projection and like the, <laughs> and the, the sampling of parts on the foot pedal have you seen this <laughs> this uh, motherboard pedal board no i didn't get a chance and to look at it it's huge we've got some effects so there's, in there there's all kinds of crap going on there yeah. that's awesome a little bit like tap dancing sometimes but yeah I'm trying to simplify it a bit and they had less equipment than that when they went to the moon. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds awesome. Yeah, right? That's all, at, in the end, does that? that's all that matters. Um, so when you're not doing music stuff, do you have, for all of you guys, do you guys have anything else creative that you like to go off into and like hobbies? Because we talk about this a lot on the show. People listening are, fucking we get it, but... I say it all the time because it's true and I want to hear everybody's people that do creative things like make music you're writing you're playing music all the time do you have something that when your cup's full of like I don't really feel like creating that way anymore is there any like an outlet like skateboarding or anything I I personally like am like sort of using music as an avenue to do a bunch of other things too like all the videos okay. that they're yeah, yeah. projecting like putting all that stuff together and gotcha. designing all the artwork for the album and mm. flyers and like i enjoy all that stuff too okay um, so that's kind of your but, other little avenue of yeah creativity. but aside from all that i i mean um i don't know i get into i get into creative stuff like of all kinds like mm-hmm. do woodworking i'll make and try shit. to figure out how to build something and yeah um, Jake, what about photography, you? Photography, whatever. Um, I just play a lot of drums and other projects. And, yeah. Um, sometimes I'll go ride my skateboard at the park. Okay. With the time change, I have it. So uh, probably in March we'll get back at it. Um, just I just work a lot though. Yeah. Really. So, but if I have free time to just 
sit on the porch and do nothing. I'm pretty happy with that. Hey, there's there's a great punk band called Banner Pilot, and one of their lyrics, and I love it, is there's nothing better than having nothing better to do. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty rad. <laughs> Fucking A. Robert, what do you say? Um, well, I'm an editor by... By trade. By trade. So, um... Your vocation. Which is kind of a, you know, it's creative outlet, but mm-hmm. since I do it for a living, it's hard to like go yeah, outside yeah. of work and then do more creative projects. But I am working on a couple of music videos right now for um, for this guy in Santa Barbara that I have done some work with. Um, and they just, there's a, this female singer named Lois Mahalia, who's this incredible kind of soulful singer. And she's recording a record right now, but uh, they did, they recorded a couple tracks uh, like two weeks ago. One of them was the Beatles song, Oh Darling. Okay. And so I'm making a couple of, uh, I'm editing a couple of music videos that they just shot at the, um, at the recording session. So I try to do more kind of fun, creative stuff like that on my spare time when I can yeah well it sounds like all all your all three of your your answer was like even if it's not directly tied to the band it's still a little bit musical yeah which is which is there's no wrong answer it's like well no you're supposed to do this it's like yeah then it means you guys are fucking musicians (laughs) that's boom that's a good label to have you know it's if I'm not playing it I'm listening to it right yeah that's I mean it it shows too like you guys are I don't know you know I've had plenty of friends that and I'm guilty of it too I I was never in a band I could never get my shit together and I always loved kind of fucking around with music but I didn't have that that click of like okay I'm creating something with this and maybe maybe it'll come maybe I'm a late bloomer in creativity anyway so but sounds like you guys have hit a cool stride and like yep we're doing this shit and this is what we do and that's cool and like keeping a nice balance of light of life and art and blending them yeah you know it's that's important that's huge being a creative person is not and everybody and i that's a big label because everybody's like well what is it i don't draw or paint it's like Everybody's creative in their own way. It just Absolutely. depends on your perspective of like, <clears throat> oh, yeah. you know, what are you being creative with? And it's, it doesn't, you don't have to be an art, like a, you know, a musician or a painter. It's like, yeah. And I always try and inject, <laughs> maybe, and not, not in a dickish way, but like make people think about like, you're probably doing something creative without even knowing it. Totally. Like, mm-hmm. Explore that, like that mindfulness of just like, yeah, there's all kinds of ways to you know? be creative that's not like drawing or painting, you know. Or like, making music or Yeah. It's like, yeah, anything can be creative. And that, you know, reading is a big part f- for me to like expand like just perspective of just like, well, you know, and being open-minded about what is cuz there's that that <laughs> I'm sure you guys maybe heard about that banana duct tape to the wall that mm-hmm. sold as art for like a hundred grand oh, yeah mm. and there's and I have a friend who's a incredible comic book artist like he his name's Eamon Winkle shout out Eamon he 
you know, and he's struggles. Like he's sent in application after application to, you know, Marvel, DC. And then you see something like that and you're just like, why am I trying? It's like, well, that goes back to that, the value of like doing it for art's sake, you know, intrinsic value. Yeah. You know, that's, it's hard to do, like to realize the value of something you're doing in the moment of like, is this even getting me anywhere? And it's like, ah, I, sometimes I have that mindset of, do you enjoy it? You know? Yeah. And that's where, for me, that's where it comes back to. It's like, yeah, no one's paying me to make music. Quite the yeah. opposite. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're spending money to make music, <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah. you're doing it because you, you want to and you yeah, love it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a, it's passion like and I almost feel like people I go at my age you're not looking for a record deal it's just a labor <laughs> of love I also and kind of feel like 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 I've worked in creative work for a long time and it's like when someone's paying me it's a different thing when it's for me like if someone was paying to me to make music I probably wouldn't be as into it that's, <laughs> yeah and, and that's a good point you bring I wonder yeah, I've had that in my life yeah it, hmm. a lifetime ago I was a BMX writer and I always wanted to be sponsored then I was sponsored fucking hated it yeah because <laughs> then there's all this stuff I made attached three to years it and I was like I don't want to do shows I don't yeah. want to go to contests I don't want to do any of this yeah there starts to be all this stuff attached to it like mm. other people's opinions and deadlines and like you know telling you that you gotta do whatever you're doing differently sometimes um, and that just kind of sucks as a creative person like it's cool to have a thing that you have control over and can decide how it's going to yeah. be. And it's that, like the self-expression of that is pretty cool. Yeah. And if we don't want to play a show, we don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's on your contract that you guys play nine shows a month live. It's like that might inhibit and speaking from zero experience, but it's like, yeah, that, that is a good point. It's like, if somebody forces you to do something, you you love after a point it's like well well now it's not fun mm-hmm. and then the art suffers from it it's like hmm so I see you know you see all these successful bands and you gotta wonder like and not maybe not I don't mean this in a total negative way but it's like there's probably some delusional thinking there when you you, you have to separate like the you know you have to believe that what you're doing is that special thing and like you said there's come you know if you're successful and people are paying you to do this like where does that separation go like do you just kind of like numb numb yourself to like you know like oh this is who I am like you know what I mean like I think, a with, music, it's, like, I think with music there's a lot of delusion <laughs> I think especially yeah. now like I think there was a time where like I mean the industry was different than it is now where like mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, I don't think anyone was necessarily telling, like, nobody was telling Jimi Hendrix what he had to do, right? Like, I hope not. And he was, <laughs> and if they were, like, <laughs> he still fucking killed it. So. Yeah. And, like, and I don't think that's really, like, to get to a level where you're super famous now, I don't think that exists. Like, where mm. the, the thing that you did that was awesome is still good enough. It's like, oh, we got to make it a little bit more marketable. We got to, like, polish this and, like, work on your image there and like I mean that's why pop music in my opinion is so bad but um, I, no I think you're I think that's a 
you know, we're not, I'm not sitting here shitting on pop because clearly <laughs> it's made for, like, people are enjoying it. Like, I won't take that away from them. And yeah. there's pop music that I enjoy too. But I see your point of just, like, it's, it's, manufactured to a point of just like well where the where the creativity go from the original artist like you you know and, it's, and it's I that. mean that could happen eventually you know, like artists grow and change and decide they want to do different things and things could you know change yeah. but yeah um I enjoy I enjoy the freedom of being able to yeah, make but weird sounds. It's and... a it's a big que- <laughs> yeah. it's a big thing that we just brought up, but it's you know on on this level that you guys are at, it seems like that like it's you're finding a nice striking a nice little balance of being productive and maybe not feeling like total just like you know spinning spinning your wheels like you're yeah. you're getting some results, but you also still have that passion, and I think that's probably. I mean, clearly why you guys are still doing it and feeling that, like, importance of, like, yeah, let's keep this going. Like, it is a good thing. Yeah, it's definitely still fun. Still fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It does keep, feel like some wheel spinning ahead. sometimes still, but, like... <laughs> yeah, like what parts, like... Um, I mean, just, like, even, like, booking shows and, yeah. like, getting people to come out to shows. It's, mm. like... Well, you guys yeah. are doing that by yourself, right? Like, that's uh, that's yeah. you. You don't have a manager. It's, right. like... Yeah. So there's that like big difference, uh, you know. It's Right, so yeah, that pause break was zero time, and in real time, it was quite a bit, and that's it was good. Um, I I always do this. I over explained, and my buddy was like, hey, "You don't need to explain." I was like, "Okay, fair enough." You can um, go back and, and edit that part out too. That's right. I'll just put in like quacking sound or Oliver drinking out of his bowl, or was it Robert drinking out of his cup? We'll never know. <laughs> um, so, so I was thinking about. 
was, you know, my first show I went and saw. Do you guys have a favorite show or first show that you can remember that it was like, I'll, I'll, let's do this. I, I'll tell you my first show I saw <laughs> as a kid and then um, one of the worst shows I've ever seen live. But um, Joey, do you want to start? Can sure. you think of off, yeah. the, off the top of your head? Absolutely. The first, uh, it was like the first like concert show I'd ever been to. I was like, I was like, I think I was 12 with my older brother and my okay. best friend. It mm-hmm. was the Pixies. Oh, nice. On their Doolittle tour at, um, at UCI at the Brand Events Center. Wow. And it was amazing. That's a hell of a first show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was super super into them. Like they were kind of like one of the first like more obscure bands that just kind of blew my mind. Like there was yeah, my brother was like here because he worked at the record store and he gave me this cassette. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was Pixies Doolittle. He also gave me the same the same uh, <laughs> sort of stack of tapes. Like had Ministry. Um, Nice. Mine is a terrible thing to taste. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Which like just freaked me out. Like <laughs> you're like, what is this? <laughs> <It's> scary. <laughs> a little scary for I sure. Lo- I love it, but yeah. yeah, at the time it was like, you know, I was like 12, and I was like, yeah, shit. ministries and I, I was like, am I no. satanic now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. What about you, Jake? Uh for show. Sure imagine it was a punk show maybe yeah it's all punk shows you know my my folks weren't really concert goers Mm -hmm. they they listened to a lot of music but my buddies and i would go and this is early 90s i guess like that they had a lot of punk shows at the achievement house at questa okay and so we would go and um yeah a lot of cool bands there vandals and great band to see yeah <clears throat> Josh Free is one of my favorite drummers. Oh, dude, so. he's a freak. Yeah, love that dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, plays in every band ever. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I've been seeing a lot more shows lately, but just this kind of weird stuff that I'm like, oh, oh that's kind of a bucket list band. But I didn't. Really oh, nice. Okay. Band. Was there one that <clears throat> stuck out to you when you were like? Just young enough to be like, holy shit, that was my first show. Like, that was my first live, blew me away show. Or not even blew you away, but just. I remember, uh, I saw, I remember the band Snot? Yeah, I do. I remember seeing them right when they got signed, and uh, they played at Slow Brew. Okay, wow. They just got signed, I think, Geffen. Yeah. And my buddy's band opened for him, and he walks over to me, and he goes, you need to watch this drummer. You're going to shit your pants. <laughs> and I almost dropped my beer when this guy started playing. I was like, <laughs> he was just so, like, actually, it's uh, Jamie Miller. He plays for Bad Religion now. But he's really wow, such an incredible drummer. And I remember watching that and going, yeah, I need to go practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I better go but practice. That was one of those shows where he was like, Wow, that's awesome! Snot. I remember the album cover it was a dog with a tennis ball in its mouth, and Snot was on the tennis ball, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, okay. just, they had just the one album. That's right. Oh, no, it was. You're uh, right. Yeah. Passed away in a car accident. So. Oh shit! Okay. Right. Snot. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a cool show. That's fucking radical, man. Robert, what about you, man? First, first show. Well, first show. This is really gonna date me too, but um, when I was a kid, I was, just, I was a kid. 
Wow. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that later. I, 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 already, I already threw myself under the bus earlier, being a dick about it. I was a very young child at this time, but my older brother uh, took me to see the Almond Brothers. Nice. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, when they were all still alive, the Almond Brothers. That was cool. That was kind of my, I think that was my first one. You, but, you remember it, like, sticking out, it was like... I remember... Kind of vaguely remember it. It was in this yeah. cool. It's it was in a this place called Keel Opera House in St. Louis, which is this cool old venue. Mm. It was literally an opera house, and it was sounds awesome. Like, I saw some good shows there. I saw um, a triple bill of uh, Sonic Youth, nice, uh, Social D, and Neil Young. Oh mm. wow. That was, a, that was a good really? show. Really? On the was, same bit? That's wow. Awesome. That's awesome. That was really cool. <laughs> but some of the, like, definitely the best shows I saw when I was younger were, um, like, dozens of Uncle Tupelo shows because they were mm-hmm. just played in the same basement bar that we played in. And then, like, the early, earliest, like, Wilco shows. Okay. Yeah. And then, um... I still want to see them. They're on tour. Yeah. The new album. Yeah. It's a great live. They're just... I saw them in, in uh, Tennessee when I lived there. They play for like like three hours straight. Mm-hmm. They just go no breaks. Like wow, three. I was like, I'm tired of staying. You guys. Then the early other show that sticks out is uh, Sing Nirvana, and it's a pretty small club in St. Louis uh, called Mississippi Nights. That's pretty yeah, awesome. It's, uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. I saw Nirvana on their last tour before Kurt died at the forum it was okay. so huge wow like, <clears throat> yeah the worst seats <laughs> and uh the butthole surfers opened for them <laughs> and it was awesome nice i remember that and then <laughs> yeah, oh yeah and like the butthole surfers like finished their set and like gibby just like tossed his guitar in front of the amp and with full volume on for Ooh. like feedback and let they let it go for like Ooh. what seemed like 15 minutes was probably like two minutes. <laughs> wow. What the fuck? <laughs> That's a rock star move right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a cool show. Hell yeah. For sure. <clears throat> so my first show show um, was DC Talk. Do you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Christian band. <laughs> they were like kind of like rap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christian rap. <laughs> yeah. And I was probably like, I want to say 11. <clears throat> and I remember we went with, it was me and my brothers, my dad and my mom and I, and our neighbor, or not our neighbor, but our friend, Alex Marchetti. And he fucking was just headbanging. And we we're like, dude, he's loving it. Like, it was more fun to watch him enjoy it than it was to <laughs> enjoy the actual show. Because we were, I think it was in Denver. And I want to say it was in, fuck, it was in, Maybe they call it. I know. I I feel like we were pretty far away, so it was just kind of like the novelty of just like going to a like whoa, there's a show that like we we've heard them on the radio and now we're here and they're playing down there. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really like st- like I it stuck out to me just because because it was live music. It was live music, yeah. but I remember like starting to go because you know I grew up in Vail, Colorado, so there's not a huge music scene there. It was, you know, a little ski town. And so we had to go down to Denver to see shows. But a few punk bands came through 
in like my high school years and strung out Poison the Well and Rise Against before anybody knew who Rise Against was played and I was just like oh this is fucking this is what a like a show like a small show is and like there was a mosh pit and then that same like later that year I went to Warp Tour and then kind of the bug bit me of just going to see live music and it was just like alright and then um mid 2000s I was a big fan of Atreyu they were kind of like mm-hmm. metalcore like and we went and saw him live and it was awful oh yeah it was awful like mm. I remember my buddy and I were sitting well number one a few things happened but my buddy broke his he's got his arm broke somebody like tripped him in the mosh pit like on purpose and he landed weird on his arm and blew his elbow up but that sucked big time but also to add insult to injury literally it was like they sounded like shit Hmm. like they were offbeat um and maybe it was just one of those just like oh god like and it kind of made me not like them anymore was it like a smaller venue or was it no fuck where was that um Oh man! Because sometimes you can totally blame the sound guy, <laughs> right? I yeah. don't. I can't. And I. I want to say I. I can't on yeah. this one. I think it was based on what I remember. Like, and I think because my brothers were there and my friend Kyle could attest. They all. It just sounded shitty. Based on even even the sound was like because the bands that played before were fine and then mm. they got on it just mm. some was wrong. It was like the drumming was way too fast. Hmm. They were just offbeat, and it was just like, oh, fuck. Hmm. This is not good. This isn't good. <laughs> it stuck out. I was like, kind of ruined, ruined my, okay, yeah, I'm not I'm not really a fan anymore. And That's and then their sound changed completely, and, I was, and now I'm like, I can't. Yeah, I, I, I have my one album of theirs that I liked or still like, but it stuck out to me. I was like, oh, yeah, some bands do not translate well into live music like they're great in the studio and then there's a few of those that i've seen like throughout the years of just you hear a record and then you see them live and you're like mm, yeah i feel like that's just more studio rare. magic like, these days i think a lot of like bands that get to a certain level will like play the backing tracks which mm. they'll be actually playing but like oh yeah filling in all the gaps with <laughs> i know tracks I've, you know i've heard of this and <laughs> I mean, I think somebody was naive about it for sure. Yeah, yeah. but somebody we, told Clint think, told me actually about that, and he's like, "Dude, ZZ." He went and saw ZZ Top, and he's like, "They played the backing tracks, and it was painfully obvious." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, they're older." Like, wait, dude, wait. but he's like, "But a lot of dudes, he's like, a lot of bands do that." Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, I saw. Um, a, we we opened for Puddle of Mud. Oh, oh yeah, I, I play in a band called Mother F Bomb. It's a punk band. Okay. And so we got to open for them at the ranch in San Miguel. Yeah. And uh, they had the backing vocal track. Oh no. Singer. And he was like, I, I can't say up. anything mean about him because he was super nice. Yeah. Like, like a really like straight really up lip syncing or like. But he was singing, but you could just hear the backing track and like he was playing guitar, but. So it was almost like he, karaoke. So, style. but he was like way away from the microphone and singing like out here, mm. and just sometimes not even on the mic. But it, like the music just sounded dialed. Yeah. But I was like, the guy was so nice. Like I'm not gonna. Mm. 
Yeah. I'm not going to bust his balls about this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you, maybe you guys will get big enough to really, like, we played 30 shows in 20 days. Let's do some backing tracks. I mean, I feel a little bit weird about trying to do the sample, like, weird droning parts or whatever, but, like, I yeah. I, I've seen bands that kind of... If you can pull it off, maybe don't do it on that level. Of, like, yeah. If you're over here singing <laughs> off to yourself and it still sounds like you're right up on there. It's like, I just wish I had, like, <laughs> you know, two other sets of arms and I could, like, multiple things at the same time hey, build a robot <laughs> build a sweet robot right. have you seen that guy the... with the, the robot band uh, oh fuck Clint's gonna get mad at me uh, <laughs> captured by robots Clint that was for you I'm pretty sure that's the name of the band is captured by robots the the robot band guy yeah yeah yeah. that's pretty wild There, so there you go like you just gonna so you got the the, the, the human resistance synth <laughs> and you'll be like the human resist there you go see and we just hide Robert and Jake in robot clo- robot setup gear uh, and just... uh, I feel like I notice like bands <laughs> using backing tracks more now that I think other people don't notice but I think I'm just you know hmm. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know it, if, I guess but I, I think would, there's yeah. a difference between like you know like the Mariah Carey like situation and, <laughs> and bands that have like backing tracks for parts of like mm. the songs that are like not the main thing, like a keyboard track or like right. Um, I don't know. I guess that, and I, I don't know. I like I, this is me just having no knowledge of that. I'm sure there's a place for it if it's if it's done well. You know, like it, it's kind of necessary. You, if you don't notice it, then right. it's fine. It's like, hey, there you go. Like we pulled it off. Nobody yeah. noticed that that was a backing track. I don't know. I've, I've never really been having too many beers during the show. I don't even notice. But like we just saw Death Cab for Cutie, and they were they were great. They didn't have any yeah. any of that, but they were dialed. Hmm. So it's it's I a, saw it's a hit or miss with the backing so tracks. It's one like, of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, this band called Gomez. They're from England, and they, were, they had like a couple of albums that were pretty big in the nineties. And they just did like a 20 year anniversary tour and they were amazing. It was awesome, but I could tell that there were some backing tracks and it started to blow me out a little bit, but then I was like, you know what? Like knowing this album, like I do, there's stuff they did on that album that like, if it wasn't there, like I don't know how you'd reproduce it live. Hmm. And if it wasn't there, it kind of would be a little bit different. It's like trying Um, to play Sgt. Pepper's live. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna need a few tracks. Oh, there you go, yeah. So I guess for me, not being a performing music, I maybe I should. I, what would I look for if like a bat? Obviously, like the the yeah. There's some things. Some, some stuff is obvious. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think I was maybe one of the only people that noticed. Like but I could see mm-hmm. like the amount of people that were on the stage, and I could watch what they're playing. And you're like, I'm hearing more than. But but also to be fair, some of their songs like on that record were like weird like sampled stuff like um which is basically you know like that's the only way you can do that live to do like a sample track like that is to sample put Mm -hmm. sample so um but it wasn't like there was like a keyboard guy that was like triggering samples or like whatever yeah Hmm. no i'm all for having like samples and things weird little things yeah you can trigger like live yeah that's cool yeah Mm -hmm. 
especially with a three piece like us where we can only do so much with our three instruments like right yeah. it's just like you know that well where's that violin part coming from in our on cold black water yeah yeah that's it's funny. cool right that to me that seems not like gratuitous backing track it's like yeah that that it's that sample and like if it wasn't there it'd be it it would be noticeable but that's more like layers, I guess. Yeah. Even the edge yeah. from YouTube so now finding... has all kinds of pedal loops running, and yeah. and he's like a master at that. So, so just don't, I guess, just don't lip sync your own kind no. of song, right? That's where you gotta draw the line. <laughs> that that's where the backing track is like it's gross. It's like all right, <laughs> you're clearly not singing right now. Yeah. You're kind of singing. Well, kind well, of especially singing. like for like a person who is. <laughs> That's what they're known for. Like Mariah Carey is known for her amazing voice, right? And to not to not do, do it live, it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like mm. it's like maybe you shouldn't be out there right now. Maybe just let the dancers do a number. Yeah. Let your let your dancers take over for, for like ten minutes. Go drink some tea. <laughs> take a shot. Get out there and fucking sing, <laughs> Mariah. No, maybe, maybe practice a little bit. You know, <laughs> that's yeah, probably some a rehearsals. Big, yeah, <laughs> work that muscle that is your voice. Uh, yeah. Anyway, if Mariah Carey's listening, no hard feelings. Apologies. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. If she is, I'm, I'm oh. shocked. <laughs> Call me if you're listening, Mariah. <laughs> We're on a first name basis, um, so. The live shows. Do you guys have? Um, do you have a a memory of a really bad show, like a bad experience going to live music, and we're just like, did it change a band for you, like it did for me with a tray? And I was like, no, never again. I can definitely like I can't think of anything specific, but I definitely remember like going to shows and and having the thought that this band doesn't sound good. You it's know, like bummed like, out. Like I like this band's album, but they don't sound good. Mm. Um, I can't think of anything specific. I mean, stage presence too. Like sometimes you just see a band. I remember seeing a few bands where you're just like, do you? And again, I. It's I'm sure there's get like touring is probably fucking one of the hardest things to do. But it's also like, you know, you you look at there's comparisons. It's like, yeah, look at Dave Grohl out there. He's broke his leg, and they're like, take take time off. He's like, just give me a chair, and I'll go out there and play. Yeah. Whereas other people are like, uh, I'm tired. I don't really feel like doing it. It's like, well, that's your fucking job, man. Like my buddy, when saw Van Morrison play a couple of years ago at Red Rocks, and he was like, dude, that was the fucking bummer. Oh, that sucks. He was like, that was, it was one of the worst. He was like, we pay, and they paid, you know, 130 bucks or whatever it was out the ass to go see Van Morrison. And then he was just like, the band was great. Van was, you know, he, just he wasn't was, into it. Nope. Barely said a word to it's the, like, just kind of like, like, and very little like, it's like Morrissey. <laughs> That's oh. true. <laughs> Morrissey that, didn't, you guys are both huge Morrissey fans. Yeah. He didn't even show up in Paso, but he, he did show up on Halloween. So. <laughs> well but that's the thing is is he's always been a diva right yeah. unlike Mariah he sings his songs <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have any memories of 
You know the, the uh, seeing somewhere you're just like no. Lollapalooza, 1994, and it was. Uh, I remember the Smashing Pumpkins were the headliners, mm. and and I think, like looking at it now, this far out, I was kind of like, ah, these guys aren't very good. But the Beastie Boys just played before them and just destroys just, the stage. <laughs> yeah, and so they had a lot to live up to. Anybody <laughs> who's gonna go on after the Beastie Boys, you mm. know. Kind of like, and it seemed a little flat, so I was kind of like, everybody's sort of let down, like, oh, what the fuck. But I just saw Smashing Pumpkins a few months ago up at Shore, was it Shoreline? I took my daughter up there, it was her first big show, and they were fantastic. Well, they're that's awesome, they, like, like, they just good to see them from '94 to yeah. 2019, and mm. you just kind of go, yeah, it's just hit after hit after hit, mm-hmm. and just dialed. That's awesome. Well, I saw them, I think, it must have been like 95, 96 in San Francisco, the Free Tibet concert. And I thought they were really, really good. Yeah. No, I think I was just being a, a punk rock asshole. <laughs> yeah. Because the, like, yeah, the Beastie Boys came out and they're playing their instruments and doing punk rock songs and the whole place is a pit. Yeah. And then the Smashing Pumpkins come out and they start out with you know, Siamese dream. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Read the crowd, guys. But no, they were, they were, they were really good. I'd definitely go see them again. So I can't really say that they were bad. Yeah. That was probably me. Well, and it's, I mean, it's, and in the end, what a privilege we, we get to go see <clears throat> awesome bands still play live and especially small venues. Like, like I said earlier, like I'm, such a geek for that now like i got to see exodus in denver the original lineup in a small venue and it was fucking rad nice. my brother and i were like oh they're gonna play toxic vaults and they did and i was like yes <laughs> this is fun. i was like we should probably mosh right and he's like yeah if we don't like something's wrong and it was like maybe like 70 people just like mosh around it was just like and everybody was good behaving that was uh, what moshes used to it be was, it, it was, was a mature mosh pit yep nobody was throwing punches it was just like oh bumping me oh you're okay alright some of those punk shows at Trinity Hall were, those mosh pits were rough yeah the mosh yeah it's I remember when it I think the most violent mosh I ever I I, I didn't run out but I was like I'm getting out of here it was lamb of god oh and they opened for slayer and it was i don't think we even got to see slayer no who was it fuck um i'm mixing up shows but i remember a lamb of god pit got it was mostly it was nasty because the people in it were shitty yeah and it was just like ah, i don't think you guys are doing it right no it's like, not you shouldn't be like just not haymakering club. people like just fucking bump into each other and push each other around like pick people up people are getting trampled and like it's uh, it just like uh, yeah, I'm gonna this is dangerous like you guys ruined the mosh yeah damn it it's a bummer but you know that's the evolution people get angry for the wrong reasons with music it's like no you know the metal, I don't know if you've ever experienced this being a metal fan, but people are always like, it's so angry. And I'm like, doesn't it make you angry? No, it's the opposite. It actually like, makes me less angry because it's like, yeah, that's just expression. Yeah, like, I, I feel like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, sweet. I think we've covered a lot of music stuff. Um, as we wrap up, we've we're in an hour and a half in. You guys feel good? Yeah. Yes. Anything pressing? I haven't talked this much in uh, this yeah. entire month. So. Hell yeah! <laughs> we got we got Robert. He's we hit your quota. Yeah. It's really it's um, really opened up. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. One last thing before we go, just for fun. Uh, do you guys? What's your favorite candy? Yeah. I like uh, score candy bars or like score. Like, I don't know if I know score. It's like English toffee. Oh, S K O R. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to- okay. It's like okay. In, in basically English toffee, but it's like yeah. chocolate on the outside of it, which uh, I think English toffee does, right? Yeah. They're I basically the same thing. Score bar. Fuck yeah. Nobody's ever said that. <laughs> you just reminded me. Maybe I should get a score bar. Absolutely. Hmm. Candy. Do you like candy? Number one, like some people are like, I don't eat no, candy. No, I don't. You're not a candy I guy. I eat a lot of candy. Um, what about a dessert? Reese's, like Reese's peanut butter. Oh, cups, there maybe. you go. You know, that's yeah. kind of the go-to. Classic. Yeah. Like, it's I'll great. Just, that's my daughter and I will split them. Like you have one, I'll have one. That's, that's yeah. the extent of my candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it's a great candy. I fucking love Reese's. Yeah, it's uh, a top ten. <laughs> top ten candy. Yeah, Robert. I'll go Kit Kat. Kit Kat. Hmm. Might as well. Pretty solid. call it. Give yeah. me a break. Break. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they got a great tune, catchy tune. Um, mine is always changes, but man, I'll go back to what I enjoyed this week was good old gummy bears. Mm, yeah. The Haribo, classic. That's a good one. You throw them in the fridge for like two to three minutes on cola and just let them like firm up just a little bit bam <laughs> best candy ever um well thanks boys uh anything else you want to add i got I, i'm gonna i got all these dates written down for potential shows and album stuff so in the description i'll like let everybody know but cool um, um yeah follow us on spotify and instagram okay. and um, in- What's your yeah, Instagram? Facebook. Actually, I know your Instagram. Yeah. Never mind. Ignore Just that. Four Day Beard. Four Day Beard. Yeah, not the number. Not the number. Spelled out. Do you have a hyphen? Oh, okay. Sorry. No, no One hyphen. last thing.